0: It wasn't supposed to be the last of anything. It was supposed to just be another Passover. Just as the disciples and Jesus had had celebrated dozens of times throughout their lives. they probably sitting there expected to be gathered again around this meal together in about a year's time. But here they were. And Jesus was, was speaking the words of a Passover in in a way that they had never heard at other Passovers. Claiming that he himself was going to be offered up in this moment, and it made no sense. In the reading today, he asks this question that I think is pertinent to the entire understanding of Holy Thursday. As he tells the disciples, do you realize what I have done for you? Jesus had recently on Palm Sunday entered the city to great cheers of of those who had gathered. They wanted to make him king. They wanted to, to sit him upon a throne. They wanted to put a crown of jewels upon his head and to lift him up for all to see. And here he was dropping down on his knees a towel in his hand washing the feet of his disciples. Do you realize what I have done for you. He spoke words of a spirit, one who would come, one who would would help them, who would guide them in all wisdom and in all truth, one who would connect them to Jesus in some eternal way. He offered up words and prayers and promises of peace. And the disciples asked him many questions, but they never quite grasped his answers, not yet. Because the time hadn't come. It was close, but it wasn't yet. Do you realize what I have done for you? I am struck by that question that Jesus offered to his disciples tonight. Jesus offered them a last supper. Jesus offered to them a last act of service, of love. Jesus offered to them a last gift and a last command. Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Do you realize what I have done for you? He asks them, but they do not know. Because he wasn't the king they were looking for. Just as they had been looking for a king in the time of Saul and David, and they thought if we just had a king like all the other nations of the world, then it would be great. Then things would be fine. Then we could be wonderful and powerful. They wanted someone like Caesar so that they could have victory, that they could win some battles and claim for themselves some land. And that's not the king that they needed. They needed a king not who would fight against another person, another nation. They needed a king who would fight a battle of ancient origin that goes all the way back to the beginning. A battle that was deeper than any battle that can be fought with swords and shields. A battle that was darker than the darkest of nights. They needed a king who would come and fight a cosmic battle against forces of evil. The evil one, death itself. He came to strike the ancient foe that has so plagued humanity since the very beginning. Peasant or king and everywhere in between for endless generations, it does not matter. Death. Death comes to us all. And so this night of last sets him on a path towards death. He must fight this old foe in battle. He must stand face to face and embrace death like all others had since the beginning of time. He took on flesh so that he could receive a mortal wound in order in doing so to to strike death and conquer it once for all. Do you realize what I have done for you? They have no clue. But do we? Do we, thousands of years removed, where the reality of this night can easily become little more than another myth in the pantheon of myths, do we realize what he has done for us? Because for us, this night of lasts becomes a night of firsts. The last supper that becomes now the first supper. One of many that is celebrated throughout the world each day with great reverence. A last supper which becomes an eternal supper. That we get to participate in a foretaste of the feast to come. A last act of service. Which shows us the type of king that we serve. Who our God is. That our master would fall down on his knees and serve us. He would cleanse us. He would purify us. That we may likewise serve our God and our neighbor. What looked to be his last night on earth, before they would take him and crucify him, became the first of many for us. We know what happens in three days. We just have to wait three days. It's a light that shines brightest in the darkness. It's a light that illuminates the darkest of all nights when hope seems to die, when all joy in our life fades. When the pressure and the burden and the crushing weight of this world and the debt against us starts to just make us feel like there's nothing left. When light is extinguished and we feel the darkness of night heavy and nothing remains. Just wait. Just wait three days. Light is coming. This is what he has done for us. A lot can happen in just seven days. from palm sunday to tonight to what we now wait for brothers and sisters i want to challenge you to make this more than just another easter just as the disciples thought that night was just another passover it's so easy to just let it become mundane or to lose our focus But I want to challenge us, even as we've gathered tonight, to become deepened in prayer and worship over these three days. Think of what the Lord can do in a week. Think of what the Lord can do in seven days. In seven days, he can create all the heavens and the earth. In seven days, he can go from being lifted up as king to embracing death rising again in just seven short days. If he can do that in seven days, what can he do in your heart? Do not doubt, but believe in him. Come to him. Him who gives you his very body and blood this night. The one who who bends down to wash your feet with all the the grit and the grime and the toenail fungus. He gets in there. Brothers and sisters, whatever, whatever sin stains you, He washes you clean. My prayer for all of us is that the Lord would open our eyes so that we could see what he has done for us. And then he would work in our hearts to be able to give him thanks for such a great gift. So that he, as he asks even his disciples and asks us, do you realize what I have done for you? Can answer yes, Lord? Yes, we now see, we now know, just as the disciples came to know, we now know what he has done for us. In just a moment, we're going to experience the washing of, of the feet for those who are coming through, the adults coming through our confirmation program this year. And it, it's an image which causes us to meditate on what Jesus has done for us. It's a small little act watching someone's feet, but it reminds us that Jesus is our servant king. He, he doesn't just rule over the big things, the, the important things, the over-the-top things, the the incredible things. But in the small ways too, he's always near. Nothing's too insignificant or small in our life to bring to him. And so he gets down on our level and he gets down on his knees and he washes our feet. All the grime, all the grit, all the dirt, he washes our feet. He washes you. Clean. Clean. Pure. So I want to now invite those who are going to have their feet washed to come to the top step here. And for us, as we hear this song, how beautiful. To meditate on the beautiful love our Lord gives us as we go through the next few days.